You're listening to The Outlet Radio Show with Azania Shangay. Hello, good people. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Outlet Radio Show. I am your host, Azania Shangay. As always, holding me down on sound in the background is resident genius, V. Jeffrey Smith. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Azania. <laughs> Today is super cool for me. I have the pleasure of chatting with a brilliant actress and singer who has conquered not only television and film, but the biggest stage of all, Broadway, and a few times over, too. Audience, please give it up for the supreme talent that is Miss Tracy Toms. Hi. <laughs> hey, Hi. Tracy. Hi. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you. I'm so excited to have you this here. This is really cool. It's very cool. I'm, I'm happy I'm, to be here. I'm happy to have you here. You're so silly. Well, audience, I have to say how Tracy and I met. We, we met through a, fr- a mutual friend. One of your childhood friends, yes. Joy Hooper, who is like a mentor to me. And we have a shared um, legacy. We're both Howard University graduates. H-U. H-U. You know. <laughs> so, you My know, we, we kind of right. hit it off immediately. <laughs> it's just uh, required. Exactly. The you H-U have to shout do it out every single required. time. Every single time. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate you, Seth. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm always really excited. Every single time I see you. On something or in something, I'm like, oh my god, there goes Tracy! <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm so excited to see that you're working. I think it's great, Thank and you. I think it's important, you know, as fellow actors and actresses, for us to root for one another when we see Absolutely. each other working. So yeah, I'm I'm super psyched to have you here on the show today. Thank so we're gonna you. just hop around. We're gonna just free just free fall with this this interview because you know we got it like that. We do. Yeah. Um. Let's talk about your beginning. You went to. Baltimore School of the Arts. I did. You're from Baltimore. I am from Baltimore. Yep. Um, my first uh, thing I ever did, I guess, um, I'm going to really tell myself of my age here. When I was <laughs> little, there was, uh, remember Star Search, right? Yes. Remember Star Search? Yes. yes when I was absolutely. little, there was Junior Star Search. They finally got rid of Junior Star Search and just put kids on the regular Star Search, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was Junior Star Search. And for some reason, when I was like eight or nine, I really wanted to be on Junior Star Search. <laughs> it was our like American Idol, I guess. But um, And there were all these uh, these segments. You could be a dancer. You could be a singer. You could be a comic. Mm-hmm. You could be an actor. And they finally got rid of the acting thing altogether. But the acting thing was like two kids did a scene with a celebrity. Celebrity mm-hmm. came on, did the same scene with two kids, and then they ju- judged you and who mm-hmm. did the scene better. Um, and I just wanted to be on Junior Star Search in any capacity, but I was afraid to dance because I was afraid I was going to fall down. I wasn't very good at dance. <laughs> uh, I was afraid to sing, so I was afraid I was going to crack. Okay. Um, I wasn't funny, so I couldn't be a c- comic. 
But the acting thing, I was like, I could do that. I can learn lines and do that. Mm -hmm. So then I remember I was watching it and went in my parents' room. I said, Mom, Dad, I want to take acting class. <laughs> and they were like, okay. And the next thing you know, I was in acting class at, um, at uh, the Baltimore Actors Theater, it's called. It was in Towson, Baltimore. Um, so that was cool. But, you know, the reality of it was I was literally the only little girl of color in my class. Really? Um, which was fine. I was there for like two years when I was nine and ten, I think maybe. And then I stopped for a while. Um, but I felt like, you know, one of these things, not like the other. And they're like, <laughs> oh, we don't really know what to do with you. You're cute. But, you know, when it came time to do the plays, I was always like way on the side because they always, right. had, always had families and I didn't fit into the family. And this mm -hmm. was like colorblind casting wasn't really a thing mm -hmm. yet. Mm -hmm. um, so then my dad was like, okay, well, we're going to take you out of there. We're going to put you at Arena Players in Baltimore, which is one of the oldest, if not the oldest, black community theater in the country. So I worked with uh, Arena Players from like 13 to 20. You know, wow. I, mean, I, was, I did plays there all the time. Mm -hmm. um, so that became like my home away from home. And Joy and I our friend our mutual friend joy and i went to middle school together and then we both joined arena players at the same time together mm -hmm. um then joy went off to baltimore school for the arts and then i went to a regular high school for a year and hated it it was an <laughs> all-girls high school um i just didn't fit in it's a great school but mm -hmm. i just was the weird one it wasn't for you um so then i transferred to baltimore school for the arts so i was there for three years and then i went to howard hey, um and baltimore school for the arts is just it, it's just a very very special place i mean jada pinkett smith went there tupac shakur went there uh josh charles from good wife went there mm -hmm. and um it's just one of those magical experiences and we all most of us um there are exceptions of course to everything but most of us who went to that school realize how blessed we were because mm -hmm. no, the academics were fantastic and the 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 work was fantastic the arts are just, just unparalleled it's just an amazing place yeah um and i went to howard and mm -hmm. I thought that I wanted to be normal. I didn't ever think I was actually <laughs> going to be an actor for a career. I never thought I was that good. Mm -hmm. It was just always something I liked to do. So I thought I was always going to be like doing community theater plays on the weekends, mm -hmm. you know, and having a normal job. So um, I, growing up, my father was working at uh, Maryland Public Television and then he moved to PBS and then the later Discovery, now back to PBS. Um, so I grew up around television yeah. and I figured I could do that or something on the other side of it, you know, so I could always kind of like be around the arts. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't actually think anybody would ever hire me to act. So um, I went to Howard for communications for three semesters. You were school of C? I was school of C me for three too. semesters. Me too. Wow. Did you minor in theater? And I minored in theater. Me too. But I would go up to the theater department, and I loved it so much. And I had like a 4.0 QM GP. I was a nerd in school <laughs> of C. And my dad one day was just like, he introduced me to a friend of his and was like, oh, this is my daughter. She's in the uh, theater department at Howard. I'm like, Dad, I'm in the communications department. <laughs> Get her Keep right, her You know, he's like, oh, right. She's in radio, TV, film. Why are you, why are you doing that? You're an actor. Why are, you know, just called me out in front of his friend. Friend. Wow. He was like, I know filmmakers. I work with filmmakers. They see the world in a very specific way. You don't. Mm -hmm. You don't look at the world that way. You're an actor. You're an interpretive artist, and that's fine. I don't know why. You're just you're just afraid to do what you want to do. I was like, Dad. Ugh. That's really awesome that your dad had that, that insight. Called me out. I mean, I was like, uh. So, needless to say, I changed my major to fine arts. 
I got my BFA. I mean, I had to take so many credits. I was like 20, 20 some credits every semester Jeez. to graduate on time. And I did. I was like summa cum laude and whatnot. And I was like, oh, that's a nerd. That's dope. I was magna cum laude. So I, I, I feel yeah, you on that. That's just dope. a nerd. You know what? It's great. I, I love your dad. And I love my dad too. But my mm-hmm. father was like, you need to study business. All of this. He thought that, that, that um, studying communications was too loopy and all out there. And, and, the, and the fact that I was minoring in, in theater, he just was like, this is, what are you going to do with this when you graduate? Right. So I love that your father saw that in you and he yeah. was just so encouraging. Yeah. My mom just kind of went along with it. She was like, I just support whatever you want to do. Honey. <laughs> you know, that sounds like my mom. <laughs> you know, so and then I went to Juilliard. And then, and then you went to Juilliard. Um, yeah. Yeah. Hello. Wow. Juilliard. Juilliard. Come on, seriously. I mean, it's jeez. It's Juilliard. It's not nothing. It's, it's not nothing at all. It was a very. It was another four years. This is before Juilliard had an MFA program, so I went for another four years. Good God. Of theater. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So you Best went things. from you. You went from this 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 in, incredible education of mm-hmm. Baltimore School of the Arts, Howard, yeah. dipping and dabbling in. in and in, in the middle of that, I went to Oxford, studied at a British American Drama Academy in Oxford. You did um, an exchange? Yeah. Well, there's this program, the summer program. It's called the British American Drama Academy, BADA. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's at Oxford uh, College, University College in England. <laughs> um, you know, Oxford, England. Mm-hmm. Um, and we went, Joy went, I went. It was six of us from Howard mm-hmm. who went. And like four other black people from other schools descended onto Oxford University. They had never seen that many <laughs> black kids doing Shakespeare. Had mm-hmm. a, uh, before us, there had been like maybe one black student they had. Mm-hmm. And now they have a, a very um, uh, even exchange with Howard. People go from Howard every year because we went and just kind of like just blew the doors down because mm-hmm. they were like, oh my God, black people doing Shakespeare. This is amazing. This is wonderful. We love hearing you say <laughs> Shakespearean words. You know. <laughs> So we fell in love with Shakespeare, and then Michael Kahn, who was the head of the program at Juilliard at the time, was also the head of the program at BADA, mm-hmm. um, which is how I ended up at Juilliard. He was encouraging me to audition. And I was like really, really eager to be out of school. I had like senior-itis. I just wanted to get out there and do it. I mean, I was doing, you know, I was that girl at Howard who, while I was in school, was always doing a show outside of school, whether it be at um at Arena Players, I was doing shows at Toby's Dinner Theater in Columbia, mm-hmm. Maryland. So, I mean, my work ethic was like, I don't know where I got it from, but I was unstoppable. I, was, I would be in a show, rehearsing another show, and going to school with 22 credits. I was just crazy like that. Um, <clears throat> so, I was ready to get out of school. I was like, I was ready to do a bus and truck tour of Joseph, the amazing <laughs> technical freak. <laughs> I didn't want to do any more school. I was like, put me on a bus. Let's do hair. Went to this island across the. I mean, I just wanted to make. I was ready to make no money and just do it for the love of it. Yeah, being dusty basement (laughs) dressing rooms for the rest of my life. I was gung ho. I miss that girl because now I'm like, oh, honey. I don't want to be on no bus. (laughs) I was ready. I mean, I would do it, of course. You know, I toured a little bit, but I was so up for that. Like the poor pauper artist <laughs> life then and you know um you know you have those moments when i would have these moments back then when i would be putting my makeup on in a dress one of those dressing rooms that everybody was in the same dressing room mm-hmm. but you nobody had their own 
It, right. it, it wasn't like two or three in the dress room. Like everybody was in just an open <laughs> space. Boys, girls were like hiding behind the curtain <laughs> yeah. if you felt like it or not. You know, you didn't. Um, where I'm like, I'm going to be doing this forever. Like I would try to picture my face in the mirror as like a 50-year-old me <laughs> doing the simple makeup. And I was like, this is going to be my life. I'm so dramatic. <laughs> I'm so dramatic. <laughs> oh, jeez. And then you snapped out of it? I didn't snap out of it. I just slowly had other experiences and realized that it didn't have to always be that way. So you evolved a bit. I did, but I also just, my mind opened and I started working at nicer theaters and (laughs) (laughs) better experiences than being like, oh, there's a cockroach in the corner. Let's kill it. So speaking of nicer theaters, you've, you've, you've had, as I said in my intro, you've been on Broadway. Mm -hmm. You've done uh, Rent. Rent changed my life when I saw it in 1996. I took a bus up and saw it um yeah my boyfriend at the time and and my college boyfriend was being wooed he was in school of business and he was being wooed <laughs> by all these uh these firms you know what i mean so they would give him perks and stuff like that so he's like i got tickets to rent i'm like okay let's go see rent you know and i had heard the music by itself but it, the music was so kind of like rocking in your face it, it was one of those visceral things you had to see i, I was like i need yeah. to see it i was like this music is cool it's rock music it's yeah. cool but um i need to see it so we went and saw it and i'm telling you i was transported i mean i sat there and wept and i was not really? a weeper at the time i'm a weeper now i wasn't a weeper then and i was like oh my god i have to do things like this you know and then i came up to audition there was a, they had these open calls back then mm-hmm. i came up on a bus no i don't bus it was a bus we came up on a bus overnight no, I'm lying. We all crammed in a car. I'd had two Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat shows that day, <laughs> playing the narrator, which I'm singing the entire time. Got in a car. We drove up, stood in line all night in the cold over by um, Tisch School for the Arts over there by the public. It was across from the mm-hmm. public. 440 Lafayette. Mm-hmm. The line wrapped around the block all the way over to um, Broadway and like the McDonald's over there by, mm-hmm. by Tisch School for the Arts. And we stood in line all day. And then finally, my friends were like, we have to go back home. We have a show tonight. So it was like maybe one, two in the afternoon. They're like, we have to go. And I was like, I'm going to stay and take the bus. And then we waited for another five minutes. And then they were like, okay, we got to go. And I went to say again, no, I'm going to stay. And my voice was gone. Like, literally, it was like, I'm like, no, I had never lost my voice before ever. I didn't even know what it felt like to lose my voice. I was like, oh, this, this, what? Oh, oh. <laughs> my friends were like, what happened? You were just talking. I don't know what happened. I mean, it was horrible. You were so crazy. I got my butt back on the bus. I mean, back in the car and went home. And I, I, my voice was gone for a week. Oh, my um, gosh. And I eventually auditioned again. And another friend of mine... Um, who was there in line, stayed, and he actually got into the show. And then he got me an audition when they came to D.C., and I went in, and I, I started, started my auditions for Rent. And I auditioned for Rent for nine years. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Or eight years. Eight years, nine times over eight years. I just kept going in. Um, and then finally, when the movie came along, I was like, this is going to be my last time. Because you know what? Clearly, my idea about me being in the show was... Just mine. <laughs> Just this crazy <laughs> idea that I had because clearly they have other, other plans. So I did it for the movie and a month later I booked it. Wow. And thus my life changed. 
Okay. You know, you, you talked about auditioning for Rent, I think you said eight times. Mm-hmm. And not getting it. So I was all, I'm I'm often curious about um rejection. How how do you how do you handle, you know, auditioning, not getting it, the nerves that come up? Um because I don't know. I'm still working on it. For you to keep going back eight times, I think that that is just awesome. Well, yeah, but also, I mean, it sounds it sounds um crazy, but when you're a New York musical theater person, um, and I, I was kind of straddling the line between being a musical theater actor and not, and being like a straight play actor, mm-hmm. which is a weird line to, to straddle. But um, you go in for stuff a lot of time. They have auditions every so often, and you go in every time. You know, yeah. and they were calling me back every time. Um, it wasn't like I was standing in line every single time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did. I auditioned for Lion King a million times I auditioned for Aida a million times you know I didn't get those the only thing that makes this rent experience special is the fact that I eventually got it yeah um but yeah I mean I got all the way to the end of Lion King I got the little Nala head put on my head I was like Shadowland <laughs> and I just sung Shadowland <laughs> so many times I <laughs> for Aida so many times <laughs> If I had to go in for Aida one more time, like, all I have to do is sing that again. <laughs> Forget I ever knew him. <laughs> it was just a, like a schedule. I can't even deal with it. I can't do it. Show it in. <laughs> oh my I mean, god you said you got as far as the nala head <laughs> i put a picture i will show it to you the nala head was on my head the photo, the polaroids but that all my final audition was on september 14th 2001 and if we remember yes. that's three days after buildings fell down yes. in new york city so i wasn't feeling very strong and regal right i was like Shadowland, lonely. <laughs> i mean i couldn't sing the song right right I mean, it's not funny, but it's really funny. I'm like, the river's dry. I mean, it was yeah, bad. Yeah, that was a difficult time for... It was a difficult time, but I'm talking about destruction. I'm talking about the destruction of my land. I'm trying to sing the song about right, how right. Yeah. the river's dry and the leaves have fallen and the ground is broken and blah, blah, blah. I'm trying to sing this song and, <laughs> and be like, but I must go. I was, no, I was not strong at all. <laughs> it was too It was too real. And they told my agent, they were like, we don't know what happened. She was so strong before. He was like, um, buildings fell down. Maybe <laughs> that's why she was a little emotional. Oh my god. So clearly I didn't get that. That is crazy. Well, I mean the reason I why I'm 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 talking <laughs> I about it. <laughs> I never got to do Lion King. <laughs> it's a thorn in my side. I never got this I never I got can't the, do I never got to feel the love tonight. Swing through the air and I never got the the face paint and all that. I never got to do any of that. Stuff. Well the reason why I'm asking is because for me is that's been like one of the hardest hurdles for me to get over as an actor with the rejection well auditioning (laughs) (laughs) auditioning and then (laughs) sorry we are giggling way too much and rejection because you know it's hard man it's hard i mean like you know you have there's this mantra you have to tell yourself in this business um you know what's for you is for you Mm -hmm. um and that's what you have to just really really just put into your soul and there's a moment when it kind of clicks. It's not there in the beginning. You're like, what's for me? It's what's for me. What's for me is for me. What's for me? It's what's for me. My, it's my gig. It's my gig. No one can take it away from me. It's mine. You know, <laughs> you do all that stuff when you're young and you don't really believe it yet. Yeah. But you know you're supposed to at some, 
at some point believe it. And at some point, it kind of clicks in. Like, okay, well, you know, that's my gig. And I walk in auditions now, and I'm like, oh, this is your gig. I'm, I, I see the person who's going to get it. I, I know who, you know, I'm like, this is your part. This is not me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's okay, but there are sometimes you really feel like it's yours. You really feel like you want it. You don't know if it's yours, but you really, really want it. Mm-hmm. I hate wanting stuff now because it hurts when you don't get it. Yeah. And I like to pretend that it doesn't hurt anymore. No, there are moments where you just weep. You yeah. just like okay, so I feel weeping in the shower. <laughs> like uh, <laughs> in the shower. Look at I am dead. What a, just you know one line I got to plug. That's why I didn't get it. And it's never why you. It's never about the words. Yeah. You know. Um, and you go through moments. You know, there's what happens with me. It's like, and I think it happens with other people too. But um, it's like this feast or famine thing that happens like you go a long period of time where nothing is sticking you're just throwing spaghetti against the wall hoping something sticks yeah. or something else that starts with an S throwing against the wall hoping it sticks um, <laughs> I'm trying to be clean on the show um, <clears throat> I'm trying to be clean um, and nothing sticks and then suddenly you get three things at once do you know because yeah. either you get to a certain do you cuss on the show? yeah this one right there Okay, Jeff, Jeff is out <laughs> He he does all the cursing for me. Go okay, for great. Because um, I kind of have a potty mouth. I'm trying to be good. Go for but it. But there's a moment. I think after you get rejected a bunch of times. I think, I'm trying to think about it now, like the anatomy of it. Um, you get rejected a bunch of times and finally get this like fuck it attitude. And then sometimes from that fuck it attitude is where you book. Yeah. <laughs> you know, people always say like, you have to not care. Because if you wanted too much, that like desperation. It's you like can that surrender, smell it. I guess. Yeah, you're like, ah, whatever. You know, and you go in and sometimes that energy of like I'm gonna do what I do and you like it you, if you like it great if you don't that's that's cool too is where you can book from but if you don't but that's a that's a thin line so if you really don't care and you don't do the work yeah then you're not showing up you know so it's a really fine line of trying to figure out exactly what kind of energy you know and and I think I keep thinking it's gonna get easier it it doesn't really get easier. You know, it's like it, it goes through periods of where it is easy. Then it goes through periods of like where you just lose all your confidence, mm. you know, um, and that's a cycle and it happens. You don't reach. a. I don't know anybody who reached the point where we're like, oh, I got it now. I figured this out. I used to be nervous. I'm no longer. No. Yeah. No, it still hurts. And there are moments about going auditions and I'm like, I really feel like I did really well. I feel like I did my best in that thing. You know, what I mean, the people in the room are just pretty much kind of telling me it's my part and then I don't get it. Yeah. Um, and then there are times where I'm like, this is, that was a waste of time. I didn't do well at all. And they're like, hey, they want you to This is this. such, this is, this is a great conversation. And you can never tell. Because I know for me, I've always thought, well, once I reach a certain point, this isn't going to happen. Like, I'm not going to go through this space. You will. Sorry. And so I'm glad to hear, no, I'm <laughs> happy because I feel like I'm normal. You Where I was normal. feeling like, I was feeling like, well, maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm just, maybe something's wrong with me um, in terms of me just not, there are some people who just, they churn out auditions like it doesn't affect them. And I don't know how, I don't know how to do that. You know, I'm always um, nervous. You know, I go into auditions pretty nervous sometimes. I'm, I'm hoping that something comes out of it. I'm disappointed if it doesn't. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. to me, that was my normal. But I always felt like, well, I don't hear other people sharing these stories. And so to know that even you, you've done so much work. And to, to know that this is still something that even you find. Um, I'm nervous every time. With. You just never know. And it doesn't. 
get easier. You know, and it's funny because uh, years ago I was talking to Rosario about something when she just got offered a movie. And she was like, it's actually weirder just getting offered a movie sometimes. I'm like, why? Because I actually have no idea what they think I can do. Hmm. I have no idea how they think I'm going to approach approach the character. I don't know how I'm going to approach the character. I don't know if my idea is the same as the director's right. idea. That's I have good. no idea. At least when you audition, you have an idea that you're on the right track. Like that you're makes in the sense. right. Yeah. That what you did in the room is kind of what they want. But all of a sudden, they're like, you got off for this movie. Come and show up on set and shoot it. You're like, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if my ideas are the same. You have to have all these right, meetings. The right. director try to figure it out. It ends up being this kind of like shot in the dark. You know, you don't really know what you're doing. But it's all weird. Like, what we do is so strange. It really is, yeah. For real. I mean, mm-hmm. like, you know, we art is important. And it makes the world go around. And it's, and it, it's the bridge um, uh, between human beings. And, you know, we can illuminate humanity and find the truth and tell it. And all that stuff. But at the end of the day... <coughs> We're dressing up like people we're not <laughs> and saying lines we didn't write right. most of the time. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to make you believe. I'm trying to make you believe I'm somebody you know I'm not. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, you know I'm not that person. You know I'm pretending to yeah. be somebody that I'm not. But you've made a, a choice to believe me until I do something you no longer believe. Mm-hmm. And that's a contract that is a thing of beauty to me. It's like magical to me. The fact that people right. will spend... $200 to come and sit in a theater and watch me pretend to be somebody they know I'm not. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it's a beautiful dance and it's um that's what I love about about what we do. It's so magical. Have have veterans of the industry lent you support or offered you guidance at any point during your time? I've always <laughs> been a very kind of a heady actor. Mm-hmm. I'm not like an um, emotional I, I, I'm emotional now, but the, my, the bane of my existence through all of my training was that I was not the girl having breakdowns in class. So I always, I was, I mean, I was very smart. I had to figure out other ways to, to do things. Emote in that way. Well, yeah, because I mean, I had to really explore, um, yeah, just other atypical ways of expressing or exploring, um, Emotion. When we were at Julia, one of the one of the things that's really great is that we have these really great um, actors come and talk to us. And Kevin Klein came and talked to us, and he was like, he told me he said this thing that I never forgot. He said, um, "So if there's a moment on stage, if I feel it, and the audience feels it, great. If I don't feel it, and the audience feels it, just as great." Mm. If I feel it and the audience does not feel it, bad. Mm. And of course, if I don't feel it and the audience doesn't feel it, of course that's bad. But I was like, oh, but it was just as great. If I feel it and the audience feels it, great. If I don't feel it and the audience feels it, just as great. Mm. was like, oh, right. I was what are we doing it for? Yeah. You know, really, it means we're storytellers. We serve the audience. We yeah. serve the playwright. And that's what, that's, that's the point. It's, I've gotten so much incredible advice over the years i've been really really blessed so i try to be open you know i think a lot of people i don't know what it is with this generation i think every generation thinks this of the generation below them i think this is just the way <laughs> we are like oh those whippersnappers you know, <laughs> um but i think also because we are in an age and i've seen it evolve in my lifetime and I never liked it, even when I was young. I didn't like it. I didn't like this, 
need to be cool all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, this need to like, psh, you know, I'm cool. I'm like, I'm cool is boring yeah. to me. Mm-hmm. You know, and now with social media, there's all this posturing, there's all this kind of nar- narcissism, this mm-hmm. kind of like, my life is better than yours, I'm going to take pictures of it to prove it, mm-hmm. you know, which is just <laughs> bullshit. Um, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. People who, like, only post great things that are happening to them, and that's it. I'm like, uh, bo- I'm bored, I'm bored if every every post is like, I'm killing the game right now, I'm fierce, <laughs> fabulous, and flawless. Look at my eyebrows, look at my, my eyelashes on fleek, look at my la 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 I'm like, boring. I want to see when you're sick. I want to see when things are not going well. Yeah. I want to see you just stub your toe and you're in pain. I want to see, I want to see like I missed the bus again and now I'm, you know, I want to see life. I want to see people right. have a full life rather than posturing and pretending that everything is fine all the time because it's not fine all the time for anybody. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of times in that I'm cool, I'm the best, I'm this, I'm flawless, I'm Beyonce, I'm whatever. <laughs> People don't reach out to other people. Mm -hmm. People don't acknowledge other people's gifts. Sometimes Mm -hmm. people don't look up and notice that, well, I'm in this thing with you. You've been in this game 15, 20 years more than me. Maybe I can learn from you. Mm -hmm. Um, They're like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm fabulous. I don't need, I don't need any help. You know, you work with these young people sometimes. They're just like, I'm the shit. I'm this. And I'm like, "Mm -mm." (laughs) mm-mm. No, you know, and I think that I think that we there's a gap that needs to be bridged between mm-hmm. us and we need to really reach out to each other. I mean, whether we're on the same level or not. Mm-hmm. Like my job is to help the people behind me who are coming up who are younger than me. Mm-hmm. That's my that's my charge is to is to help them. There are people who are um, who've been in in the game for a long time, and, and they're still very valuable, viable, and they're still there's so much to learn from them. Okay, I'll I'll tell you this one. I was doing um, I just got out of school. It was my first job. I was terrified. I was doing uh, the Oedipus Cycle at the Shakespeare Theater. The Michael Kahn was directing, um, and I was playing Ismene. Uh, you know who Earl Hyman is? No, I don't. He played. People, most people know him as the grandfather on the Cosby Show. He was the tall, oh, light skin. Yes. You know, he's a genius, and he's still with us. Um, love him, love him. And he was Tiresias, you know. And he was sitting there just watch rehearsal when he wasn't even called. He just watched rehearsal. Um, and then I was sitting there trying to <laughs> trying to work myself up into some kind of like <laughs> t- tizzy because you know, <laughs> and get back to some emotional space. It wasn't working. It wasn't working. Um, and we're out at a break and he comes over to me or I go over to him or something happened and he looked at me and he has this little shake, his handshake. Mm-hmm. He looked at me and goes, you know what? And I was like, yeah. He said, trust it. It will always be there. Mm. And I was like, and I don't know about where I was in that moment and me doubting everything that I thought I could do or not do. But when he just said, trust it, it will always be there. Like what it is, I don't know what it is, Mm -hmm. but something will always be there. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like someone telling you, you are enough. Mm -hmm. It will always be there. And literally it just stuck with me and I never forgot it. So Mm -hmm. whenever I doubt anything, whatever it is in that moment, uh, whatever it is, I will just tell myself, trust it. It will always be there. If I'm here, it is also here, whatever it is. It will always be there. It was just so...
profoundly simple. Yeah, that's beautiful. Um, well, thank you, Tracy. I mean, this has been really, 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 really great I to have this conversation. Um, and that's why I wanted <laughs> to talk to you. I love people who talk a lot. It makes my job a lot easier. I could just sit here and listen and 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 feast on the conversation which is what i felt like i did today because you you there were so many things that notes things that i wanted to bring up that i didn't because you were talking but you actually hit on all of those oh. points so i feel like oh so yeah i could just relax it was it was a really great conversation and i love ending on the note of of, of you feeling feeling like you, you know part of your responsibility is to help the people coming up behind you mm-hmm. which i think is awesome so thank you so much for for being here. We didn't. There's thank so much you. stuff we didn't talk about. Too. I know. Oh my gosh, we didn't even get to catfish. We didn't even talk about the catfish. catfish is what I, was, mm. I know. <laughs> how can your How can um, people who are fans of yours follow you? Um, I'm on Twitter at at Tracy Toms, and Instagram at at Tracy Toms, and I have a Facebook page. Um, but I'm not really good at Facebook. I apologize. I'm not good at it. I, I joined Facebook late. I've joined Twitter before Facebook. Mm-hmm. So I'm way more active on Twitter yeah. and Instagram than Facebook. But, you know, um, I try to keep people posted about about things that happen. So if you want to just be generally posted, you know, you can be on Facebook. But um, Twitter's where it's at. Twitter's where it's at. Okay. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, guys, follow Tracy. She's hilarious. Follow me. <laughs> follow me. <laughs> And you can follow me, you can follow the Outlet Radio Show on Facebook at Outlet Radio Show, on Twitter and Instagram at Outlet Radio Show. Thank you so much for listening. It was, this has been tremendous. And you're so awesome. Thank you for for gracing my humble little radio show with your presence. Thank you for asking me. (laughs) Hi, this is Tracy Toms and you're plugged into the Outlet Radio Show with Azania Shange.